Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Welcome into the program. Happy Monday to you. And it's a new week here on the show as well. And it looks like it's starting off pretty well here. Hope it is for you as well. And not so well for the Celtics after yesterday, last evening, not not exactly the way that they thought they'd be coming back to Boston after the way they played Friday. But I think um, the fact that it was so close at the end, you can take some solace in that because the Celtics were not playing well throughout the course of the game. And they were able to get back to the point where they could have won that game in the final moments which was something that they hadn't really they they hadn't been tested like that against Philadelphia. The, you know, the the game a few nights ago game 2 was a little bit more of a strong Sixers performance. This was a little bit more of th- this is how the series I expected it would shape out shape up if everybody was healthy and playing and you know, once they got a feel for each other. So I think you're going to see... Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see a Celtics blowout. What, tomorrow night? And then who knows where it goes from there. But it would have been nice, wouldn't it, to have been closing out this series and getting some rest before the Eastern Conference Finals. But I still have uh, confidence that the Celtics will pull out this series. But we'll see. I don't. I don't make predictions anymore. I used to have to do that in my coverage of the Celtics in the newspaper. I'd have to pick, and I was never right when it came to, you know, usually I had the pick right. Whether or not I had the number of games right was always questionable. But I think, you know, in those days of of me covering the Celtics, I was thinking about this yesterday as I was watching the game, and also because I watched on Netflix over the weekend the story of there's a series called Untold where they do a deep dive into some different stories within sports. There's a two-part episode on um, Manti Teo and his non-existent girlfriend. There's one that I haven't watched yet on the rise and fall of the and one brand. Uh, what else? I think there was another one that I watched and then I watched the one about the malice in the palace. And I was thinking about what a different NBA that was, you know, just a little under 20 years ago. 
the NBA that I was covering at the time. And it was just a different atmosphere, a different mindset of the players. And I can't imagine that you would have something like that happen today. You know, the players of that era were very much, I don't know, there was a distance between them and the fans, and they they kept that distance on purpose. And I think that there's, you know, in this day and age, because of social media, because of all the ways that people can follow along with their favorite players and have access to their favorite players, I think it's just a little bit different these days where there's more of a connection. And it reminds me now, you know, the, the, the NBA now reminds me of, and I wasn't there, but watching and knowing about and hearing about the early days of the NBA, you know, up through, I would say, the 1970s. And I say the 1970s because that's around the time that it became more of a presentation of a game than just the game itself, where it was a big spectacle to go and take part. And certainly through the 80s, it became even more more so. But when it was just a bunch of, you know, blue-collar guys who were, especially in the early days, having a regular job in the off-season, and then playing basketball for a couple of months out of the year and then going back to their regular jobs... I think you had a little bit of a different connection with the fans because they weren't star athletes. They were just the guys that played on the team. And I think these days, you know, there's there's star athletes now, but I think there is a little bit of a sense of of that every man connection for lack of a better term. I could be wrong. Could just be the way that I'm perceiving it. Maybe you perceive it differently. But anyway, the the bottom line is we get to enjoy a few more games here because it's not going <laughs> it's not a Celtic sweep over the Sixers, which you know, I didn't think that it would be. Nor did I think it was going to be a a 4 to 1 series win, but it'll be nice to see uh how the Celtics respond on Tuesday. All right, well, those are just some of the things that we can talk about today. Uh, later on in the program, we're going to be joined by Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. We'll be turning on the light as we do each and every week with him. And he talked about it last week a little bit, but we can dive into it further this week because he wrote a column uh, that, that went up midweek last week about the the city councilors who took a step away from what seemed to be the plan. You know, the way that Jack portrays it is the city council is trying to have this united front against the administration, that these ballot questions that were proposed was, were, were part of that, and that the councilors deciding to stand on their own feet on those questions when it came down to voting in, uh, to um, sustaining or overriding the vetoes they kind of show that they're they're not willing to, for lack of a better term, sell out their own individual beliefs or what they think are the best things for their constituents in order to keep a united stand of the city council. So we can talk more about that with Jack a little bit later on 
it was just to, to me it was a it was a very interesting column. I don't know that I agree with everything in it, but certainly his analysis, you know, it's hard to argue with when you see the way that it all shook out. So we can talk about that with him, plus uh, other things that are going on around the city. And one of the things that will happen in the city this summer is the return of the Whaling City Festival. And as part of that, of course, you know, if you've ever attended the Whaling City Festival, you know that one of the highlights every year is the wrestling show. I mean, maybe it's not for you. <laughs> maybe maybe you're not a fan. Maybe you see that happening and you go in the other direction. But for a lot of folks, a lot of people love going to see the wrestling show that's part of the Whaling City Festival. And you know what? It's great for the wrestling company, too, because they can win over some fans that wouldn't normally go out and see an independent wrestling show. And they can kind of spotlight what it is that they do. And what happens is they go and they see that, oh, wait, this is family-friendly entertainment. This is something that we can take the kids to on a Friday night. And it's actually less money than going to the movies in a lot of cases. Because for one thing, it's not going to cost you nearly as much in concessions as it does when you go to the movies. But it's a chance to see, you know, how it all works to get yourself wrapped up in some of the storylines and then to hopefully go and see them when they do other shows at, you know, VFW halls and Eagle clubs and Elks clubs and the Moose Lodge and all these other places where they hold these independent wrestling shows. And this year they're going to have a new company presenting the wrestling during the Whaling City Festival, uh, New England Ring Gladiators. And it is a it is a relatively new organization. They started a few years ago. And they've been putting on regular cards around the area. And they've built up some good storylines and a good following. And it's, it's a chance for, again, just like with House of Bricks, the organization I worked with, a lot of the older veterans get to work with some of the younger talent in the area. And... They're going to be presenting the wrestling card this year. And as part of that, they announced this weekend that they're going to be having a memorial battle royal for a legendary New England wrestler, New Bedford native, Derek Nally, who passed away at the end of April at the age of 55 unexpectedly. And here's a guy, you know, I, I know him as Redemption, Reverend Redemption. Some people might know him as Blade Runner which was his previous gimmick before he was Reverend Redemption. And he passed away unexpectedly, but he was somebody who did a lot for the wrestlers in this area, just giving them advice, giving them wisdom, being a good friend. I mean, I became friendly with him because of my work in the wrestling world, and he was just one of the nicest guys, one of the first people to come up and say hi every time I arrive. See, that's the thing that they teach you in that business is to have respect, not only for other wrestlers, but for anybody else that's involved, even on the periphery. And when I would attend a show, I would show up, you know, usually about anywhere between a half an hour to five minutes before it was supposed to start. You know, I didn't need to be in the back 
I didn't need to be and, – and to be honest, I was kind of uncomfortable at first being in the back because I didn't know how much they wanted me to know as the ring announcer going into things. And they put me through it. I mean, for the longest time, they put me through it. They would not let me know who was going to win a match. They would not let me know, you know, if somebody was going to come out as a surprise or anything like that. I, I didn't know because they wanted my reactions on the uh, ringside to be genuine. So I would go into the back and just say hi to everybody when I first arrived or try to, you know, find the boss. And every person would come up to me and shake my hand. And it was always at first, hello, Mr. Weisberg. Thank you for coming. Hello, Mr. Weisberg. Thank you for ring announcing tonight. Because it was, you know, it's not a paid gig. This was all for charity. And and Derek was one of the first people to to make me feel like I was actually, you know, really welcomed there. And he was also legendary, apparently, for the jokes he would play on people, which are known in wrestling as ribs. But nobody ever ribbed me. Did they? I don't think so. He definitely did not. Maybe maybe I got minorly ribbed, but I think that if you um, if you go and you take part, you know, if you go and you watch this Memorial Battle Royal when it happens during the Whaling City Festival, I think you will see just how beloved he was. Like every wrestler in New England is going to want to come and be part of this battle royal that that bears his name because he was just that great of a guy. So you can read more about that. I have an article up at WBSM.com and on the app, just kind of letting people know that this will take place and giving you kind of an idea of who Derek was. And you can see some photos of him so you can say, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. He was inducted into the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2015. And at that point, his career had already been going on for just about 30 years. So you don't get into the Hall of Fame easily. There's uh, there's only a handful from this area who have been inducted into the Hall of Fame, and there's been a lot of great wrestlers that have come out of here. So it's it's not it's not something they just hand you out because hand to you because of longevity. So you can check out that article and see if you recognize him from any of the times that you might have gone to see local wrestling. I guarantee you, if you don't remember his his particular appearance, you remember his entrance. Because he would walk slowly and methodically down the ring to the tune of the Halloween theme from, you know, from the movie. And the first time I heard that and saw him coming down to the ring, and I'm standing there in the ring. I mean, I might have seen him at some of the shows I'd gone to before, but it, I, I didn't, you know, recall. But being in the ring, and this is the guy that's coming down, carrying this big blade... And he gets into the ring and the first thing that he does is he gets right up in my face and stares me down. And honestly, you know, being a fan, I let myself get wrapped up in the moment a lot where I said, oh, this guy doesn't want me here. Like I was convinced that there were people in the back that thought that I had no business being involved. That thought I had no business even being a ring announcer. I mean, I didn't show up in a tuxedo like like a real ring announcer does. You know, I announced in in their shorts and a Hawaiian shirt. I was very casual. So I thought I was going to, you know, tick some people off, but everybody 
no matter how they might have portrayed it in the ring, everybody was super nice to me in the back. But he really was one of the few that intimidated me at first. But unnecessarily because he was just a, a, a sweetheart of a guy. Anyway, 508-996-0500 if you want to join in the conversation this morning. Uh, but right now, I am going to take my first break. We'll be back in a few moments. If you want to call in and get involved in the discussion, you can also send us an app chat message on the WBSM app. You can also send us an open line voicemail on the WBSM app. Some of the great features brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. And uh, if you don't have the app downloaded, it's super easy to do. Just go to your app store for your device, no matter whether you have a Apple phone, a Windows phone, a Google slash Samsung phone, whatever it might be. Android, you can go right to your app store or the Play Store or wherever it is you get your apps from and just type in WBSM and you'll find the WBSM app. If that doesn't work, you can always go to WBSM.com, click on the Listen tab, and there's an option there to be able to download the app and it'll send it right to your phone. And if you still can't figure it out, just email me, Tim, at WBSM.com and I'll help you make it happen. Speaking of making it happen, every day at SeizeTheDeal.com, we're making saving you money happen to some of your favorite local restaurants. And this Thursday, you can score half-price gift cards to Jersey Mike's at three different locations. So when you get the certificate, what it'll be is it'll be a buy one, get one regular sub. It goes on sale this Thursday morning at 9 a.m. at SeizeTheDeal.com. And if you haven't had a Jersey Mike sub, oh, you don't know what you're missing. It's probably my favorite of all the, you know, the chain sub shops. Uh, I have not had a Jimmy John's or a Firehouse Subs. We just don't have enough of those around here, I guess, for me to have tried those. But uh, certainly against, and I used to be the one waving the flag for D'Angelo's. And then for years, you know, I was a big Subway fan. But Jersey Mike's, they're my favorite now. And you can buy one regular sub, get one for free by getting the Seize the Deal that goes on sale Thursday at 9 at SeizeTheDeal.com. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Yes, hey, good morning. Good morning. What's on your mind? Um, I was glad that uh, you started your program talking about the Celtics and how they lost it in the uh, final moments. Yeah. Because when, when, the, um, when the person who does the news talked about you know the Celtics losing, uh, she said that they lost in the final minute. And I'm like... She obviously didn't talk to him before she gave the, the, the sports scores because she was four minutes and 59 seconds off, you know? Well, I mean... in the last quarter of a second in overtime. 
I'm just a little pissy because they lost, you know. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, they just I mean they they didn't they didn't play with enough urgency there toward the end of that last play, I thought, you know. They they spent too much time moving the ball around to try to end up with a Marcus Smart, you know, last minute three-pointer attempt, which exactly. you know, I think they could have gotten a much better shot. They only needed to score a basket. They didn't need it to be a three. And they didn't do a timeout either, but they should have gone to a timeout before they, you know, took the ball up. You know, and that was on both on both chances that they had to win the game. They they did the same thing. Yeah, they yeah, didn't so. they didn't call the timeout. So I don't know if that's Joe Missoula's, uh, you know, but you know, um, the announcer referred to it as his faith in the team. But is it is it his faith in the team, or is it that he just didn't call the timeout when he should have? Yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, thank you for uh, talking it up, and uh, let's let's keep our fingers crossed. Well, what do you think? Do you think they still win the series? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think they know they're the better team, and that they've. I, I don't know what's uh, got them a little bit uh, feeling isolated here in the in the squeeze point in the squeeze moments, but um, I think they'll come alive, and uh, I think it's uh, it'll it'll happen. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's thank let's you. let's hope we'll be talking about the next round soon. Wonderful. All right, take it Thank easy. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. And and yeah, I think first of all, I think that um, what Al Horford was able to do to Joel Embiid in the second half of that game, and just really frustrate him. I think that that's that's going to be a major thing going forward. Now, of course, part of that is you can't keep him on him the whole game. And I think I think that what they did at the beginning, kind of, you know, using a, a variety of guys to try to defend him. And then put Al on in the second half. I think that was a great way to play it. I think that was a great decision by Joe Missoula. And I'd like to see that they do the same thing, you know, going forward. Maybe switch it up, you know, so that he doesn't know exactly which which guy's coming at him at which time. But listen, the bottom line is I just don't think that the Sixers are as good as the Celtics. That doesn't always translate to a series win, but... I feel pretty good about this, despite what happened in, in yesterday's game. It's funny, too. This time of year, playoff NBA basketball, nice weather like this. It just reminds me of the first year that I covered the Celtics. It was 2001, 2002. So I, you know, I came in right when Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker brought them back to the playoffs for the first time. I started in December of that season and you know, just because nobody else wanted to cover the Celtics and I would go into the Standard Times every night to do my high school sports stuff and I would insist on putting the television on the Celtics game. And finally, one of the editors said to me, you know, you like the Celtics, huh? And I said, oh, no, I love the Celtics. Lifelong fan. You know, try to watch every game. You want to cover the Celtics? What? Yeah, do you want to go and cover the Celtics? And at this point, I'd already been covering the Patriots with Dan Pyers. I said, yeah, I'd love to cover the Celtics. So they put in the request for me, and at that time, nobody was covering the team. So we got approved for the credentials, and I went for for the first season or two, or maybe three, I went, you know, I had game-by-game credentials, but then I went there enough that they gave me season credentials. So I would just go to a game whenever I could and write about it. And I would write a weekly column during the season. And at one point I became, you know, somebody that was writing about the NBA as a whole. And uh, But I remember that first 
season of them making it to the playoffs and what it felt like to experience playoff basketball. Now, at that point, I'd probably been to, I don't know, I started in December. There's 42, 41 home games. I'd probably been to, you know, maybe 25 games, maybe 20, 25 games the whole season. That first season, I tried to go all the time. The only time that I couldn't go was if I had to be covering something high school sports-wise. So Friday night football games or Friday night basketball games or Tuesday phone shifts, whatever it might have been. So I didn't I didn't get to go as much as I would have wanted to. But also that's probably a good thing too because, you know, I was just a stringer. So I wasn't getting paid for all the parking and all the gas. So I would, you know, look at it like, hey, I got to go see a game and, and have – Unbelievable access for, at the time, it cost, I think, 20 bucks to park in the garage. And toward the end of that season, actually, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Nets. And for the first time, I went to a car dealership and financed a vehicle. I'd always just bought cars out of people's yards to that point. But I was driving my grandmother's old beat-up Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra that, you know, leaked a quart of oil a day. And I just happened to drive by this car dealership that was near my house, and I saw a nice little black Dodge Dakota pickup truck that I thought was awesome. And when I looked at it, they're like, oh, yeah, it's only got 40,000 miles on it. It's like, it's 10 years old. How's it only have 40,000? Ah, a little old lady owned it, which, you know, that's what they always tell you. But either way, I, I ended up buying the truck and... The first day that I drove it, I drove it to Boston, <laughs> and I hadn't driven a stick shift in a couple of years, so that took some getting used to in Boston traffic. And then I go to park at the garage. In those days, you know, if you didn't get into the the North, hold on, caller, I'll get to you in one second. If you didn't get to the to the North Station garage, there was the the Basketball City garage across the way, and then you could also go to Government Center and walk. But there was also, you know, right over near the garden, there was also a building that had a parking lot on the roof that you could park up there. And so I said, well, I'm going to go over there so I have a shorter trip to get back because I'm usually going to be, be there for a long time. And I think this was actually a Memorial Day game. And I'm in my standard pickup truck, my stick shift pickup truck, trying to go up this very steep ramp. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know that I can do this. <laughs> but it took me it took me a few minutes to get the rhythm of, uh, of of where to go with it. So I'll always think of that when I think of, you know, this time of year in playoff basketball. Okay, 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Morning, Tim. How are you? Good. Um, yeah, I kind of had a, have a similar story to my pickup truck. I mean, nothing nothing to do with the Celtics or nothing like that, but I ended up buying a GMC Sierra that uh, it was a one-owner. It was um, seven years old with... 45,000 miles on it when I bought it Wow! in 2015. So, I mean, it was a, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, 2000, uh, 2020. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been good to me so far, you know. So it was nice. It was all tricked out too, you know. I had the, had the days on it and, uh, uh, you know, the exhaust and straight piped exhaust and air filter and everything, you know, a new air filter. And uh, it was, it was pretty nice, like nice, nice looking truck. But yeah. Hey, um, I want to get your thought on something. Sure. That's all right with you. Um, it's, not, it's nothing to do with the, with the Celtics, but um, rounding up your change every way you go now. Mm-hmm. Have you, have, you been, have you been experiencing that same thing? 
Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of um, a lot of different places that ask you if you want to do it. Mostly, mostly if you're playing with a, paying with a card. I don't, I don't see a lot of people asking, you know, if you're, you know, like you know what I mean. Like, um, I see yeah, more, yeah, yeah. I see more of it popping up on the screen than I do seeing the the cashier asking about it. Yeah, I mean, I know Ocean State Job Lot. They're 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 notorious for it. I mean, every time I go there, they're always asking, you know, hey, do you want to round up your change for, uh, you know, a, ch- a child in need. You know what I mean? And I'm sitting here, like, looking at my wife, like, oh, man, you know, they're going to get us this time, you know? So I'm like, all right, yeah, that's fine, you know? And then I'll go, you know, I'll go to Marshall's or something with my wife again, you know? And they're, oh, you want to round up uh, your change for uh, a child for their education? And it's like, it's like, eventually, it, this, all that, I mean, I don't, I don't mind giving a charity, believe me, uh, you know? But eventually, this all adds up if you start thinking about it, you know what I mean? You're rounding up 90 cents, you're rounding up 40 cents, you know what I mean? 50 cents, it adds up. At the end of the month, you're sitting there, okay, well, you know, you start looking at your, your, your you know, I'm not going to say my checkbook because, you know, I'm not, I don't do a checkbook. But, you, say, you know, say the older folks, they're looking at their checkbooks and they're like, okay, well, I spent, you know, $50 on the dot at Marshall's when it was really, you know, 49 25 or whatever, you know. And, you know, they, it, it, it adds up at the end of the month and you're like, wow, man, I spent, you know, $50 extra this month on donations. Because I had to round up my change everywhere I go. Taco Bell's doing the same thing. I mean, I don't really eat a lot of Taco Bell, but it's like, you know, we ended up going there this weekend out of, out of the blue, and it was like, oh, you want to round up your change? And I'm like, we just came from Marshall's and Ocean State Job Line. I had to round up my change. <laughs> I don't want to spit my food well, well, if two, I say no. Two things about it. One, you don't have to. No, Nobody's forcing no, you, you to do it. And and I think what it is is, is, is it's become a successful option for a lot of, uh, charities, what they're doing is they're probably reaching out to, you know, all of the merchants and, and all of the restaurants and everything and saying, Hey, can we partner with you on this? And the restaurants yeah. have, and the businesses, of course, are going to do it because it benefits them. It's a tax, there's a tax write off aspect of it for them, oh, yeah. but also everything that you donate is tax deductible as well. Now, how do you, how do you prove that though? With receipts? You sh- yeah, keep the receipts. Well, that's the, th- that's the same thing as it, as it was like, uh, you know, years ago when they changed the whole tax, uh, the whole tax situation, I used to be able to write off my clothes, my boots, everything that I bought for work, and now they're not even doing that anymore. Wasn't that, wasn't that Donald no. Trump's change? I don't know, was it? He was the one that wanted to put them know. all in the back of a postcard. Yeah, That's what he said. Know. You'd be able to do it in the back of a postcard. But yeah, I mean, like I had my home office... I would always claim my home office because that's all that it was used for was as a home office. I mean, it was the, right. the room was not used for anything else. It, it was for my work, and it contained all the things that I needed for work, my file cabinets and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just I I, I says uh, you know to my wife this week, and I says, hey man, I I I don't know what to do anymore. You know, I I don't want to say no and look like that that jerk that doesn't want to donate to everyone. But if you do it every single every every way you go, eventually it's going to add up to. You know, I, you know, I would say that I don't think you'll look like a jerk if you don't. I don't think that anybody's really judging you on it. I mean, I know you, I understand why you feel that way, but I, I would tell you that's probably a majority of the people that say not this time that yeah, than, than it is yeah. people that do donate. Yeah, my my wife's gotten a few dirty looks, you know, at Ocean State Job Lot, you know, from the cashiers if she says no, you know what I mean. She's she's gotten a few. I've seen well, it. The the, the know, problem with Ocean State Job Lot is, and 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 this is both good and bad. They want you to donate over there because every time you do. They make a big deal out of it. Like the, the the cashier is supposed to like like blow a whistle or something and yell to the entire store. So that's oh, that's yeah, why yeah. they want you to do it over there because then they get to yell out to the entire store. And that's why I might be like, ah, no, not this time because I know that they're going to yeah. do that. And I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't want everybody turning around looking at me. 
Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, all right. Well, well, I guess I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Have a good day. All right, see you, Tim. And, and I don't know if... Um, I don't know if that's every job lot, but it's it's the job lot over here behind the station here in Fairhaven. They do that. And great. I get it. Like, it's fun for them, and I'm sure a lot of people love it. For me, it's like, um, I just want to buy my dog food and leave. I want to buy, you know, come over here for peanut butter dog cookies, and I just want to go. So it's – um, I, I think – and again, I don't know if that's always the case. But it seems like, in, in more often than not, the places that I've been, the the people who are asking are very casual about it. Like they don't, they. It's almost like they expect that you're going to say no. You know, they expect that you'll say, ah, no, not this time. And I usually say that if because a lot of times I'm you know living my life right down to the penny anyway. If I can donate, I will. If it's like. You know, $12.04, and they're like, do you want to round it up to $13? I'm probably not going to do that because I probably need, you know, that, that difference. But if it's like $0.75, cents, sure, I'll give the quarter. And, you know, a lot of times, like if I go through a drive through uh, or even if I go to like Cumberland Farms or something and there's just a little bit of change left because I don't really like carrying change, I will say – you know, leave that for the next person or put that in the tip jar, whatever it might be. But, like, I don't feel the need to to, to tip, you know, giant amounts of money everywhere that I go. You know, if you order something on, on DoorDash, for example, I got into a discussion about this with a friend online where she was talking about how, you know, she hates the fact that you can't adjust the DoorDash tip if somebody doesn't give you a good delivery. I said, you know, I have delivery instructions so that it doesn't get my dog worked up when the delivery comes, and, and very rarely does somebody follow it. But I don't think that I would go in and change the the tip because of it. But some people, you know, are tipping 40% on those deliveries and then get upset because it didn't come out the way that they want. You know, I look at it as what's a good amount for what it is. You know, if somebody's packaging my meal to go for takeout, I'll give a little something, but I'm not going to give a full 25, 30% that I might give if I was sitting down and being waited on. You know, that to me seems like a 15% situation. But, you know, you may feel differently. Anyway, 508-996-0500. Going to take a break and be back in a few moments. And welcome back in. Say, if you didn't get a chance to go out for breakfast this weekend and you didn't get a chance to go over to Just Another Phoenix Restaurant, you missed some really good specials. They're located on Fawns Corner Road in North Dartmouth. So easy to get to. They're open every day from 7 to 2. You can get their full menu available via takeout. So I don't know, through the uh, drive-thru window. So you don't even have to get out of the car if you don't want to. So I don't know why you missed out on some of these weekend specials, but listen, maybe head on over there and ask. Just say, hey, would you happen to have some more of that s'mores Texas stuffed French toast? Because it is beautiful. You can see the photo on the Just Another Phoenix Facebook page. Do you have any more of those fun Fetty pancakes that you had on special over the weekend? Any more of that meatloaf and cheese omelet? You know, I made a meatloaf omelet once. And, uh, and it was, to me, a strange 
combination of things. Maybe if I had, uh, you know, not put the gravy on it, I wouldn't have felt so weird about it. <laughs> but uh, you can get a meatloaf and cheddar omelet over there. So those were some of their weekend specials. And it might be worth just asking, hey, do you still have any of that left? Because just looking at the photos, oh, man. I wish I had woken up early enough and didn't have things that were keeping me in front of the computer all weekend so that I could have gone over there and tried it for myself. But maybe I'll uh, sneak over after the show and see if they have any more of that s'mores, Texas-stuffed French toast. But they always have great specials every day over at Just Another Phoenix. They have all of your favorites, everything that you would expect to find on a breakfast and lunch menu. But they also have different specials every day to really kind of break up the monotony. Right? Because so many people just like to have the same thing every day for breakfast. I, you know, working in the business for so many years, you, I would just, I didn't even wait for them to come in. I would actually make their meal by what time on the clock that it was. And then they would walk in and they'd sit down at the counter and there was their breakfast. And I always thought to myself, how boring is that, right? To just get the same thing every day. And at Just Another Phoenix, they make sure that there's always something different for you to try. So check them out on Fonz Corner Road in North Dartmouth, Just Another Phoenix. And uh, I promise you, you will find something there that you will love. I got to take one more break in the hour. We'll be back in a few. All right. Welcome back in. Remember that coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, we will be joined by Jack Spillane as we will turn on the light as we do each and every Monday. And you can always read Jack's columns at newbedfordlight.org. And then the entire next hour will be me and you at 508-996-0500. You can also send in app chat messages via the WBSM app. You can also send in open line voicemails to us via the WBSM app. Just hit that open line button and record the audio and send it to us. And uh, and if we can play it on the air, please make it so that we can play it on the air. It makes it a lot easier if you do. Uh, we'll play that at some point during the program. And uh, what I like about all of these great options is it means that you can get involved in discussion no matter what. If you're stuck at work and you can't call because, you know, you're not supposed to be on the phone. You can always text us or you can leave that voicemail when you get a chance. You can you can also talk to us if you're home with the kids and they just make it so that you can't call in because they're loud and rambunctious. Well, that's why we have the app chat feature. So there's all these great options so that you can take part in the discussion even when you can't call in the old-fashioned way. But, of course, that's always the best at 508 508- Nine nine six zero five hundred, And if you can't remember that number, that's okay because when you open up the app, there's a button there that says call us that will dial us here in the studio too. So it does all. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.